Oh, Jesus, the living word of God, we come to worship you today, and we come to hear you speak through us through the written word, your holy Bible. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. May we hear what word you have for us this morning. When friends let you down, when friends let you down. Have you ever been let down by someone? Has the church ever let you down? Have your family ever let you down? Have friends ever let you down? When I was in academy, we went on a field trip for our English class. We went to a Shakespearean play, and I should have known that wasn't a good omen, a Shakespeare play. We went to the Shakespeare play, and our class was there, and we were watching the, the play, and I was sitting next to my girlfriend and my best friend. And I was obeying the rules of academy, you know the social rules. I was obeying the rules and I looked down and my best friend was holding my girlfriend's hand. <laughs> I said, really? I have not been to a Shakespeare play since. I lost my best friend and my girlfriend in one day. Boom. So, I told all my kids as they were growing up, I said, the best advice I can have for you is don't date in high school. Don't date in high school. It was a scarring experience. Have people ever let you down? Have your friends let you down? Well, surprise, the title today is opposite of what we're really going to talk about. We're going to go the opposite. We're going to talk about how we can help each other friends, family, church members, face the walls that we have to go over, under, through in our lives. And today we will look at how can we help each other get to these walls. I was thinking today, you know, I could have called this Saul's Walls from Acts 9, because that's where we're going to be today. We're going to see three walls that Saul had to get through, and he was helped through by fellow believers. And I want to see if that will inspire us to be like that. So our first wall we find in Acts 9.10, the wall of fear and doubt. Anybody here afraid? Have doubts? You know anyone who's afraid or has doubts? Acts 9 verse 10 says... Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, the Lord appeared to Ananias in a vision, he said, Ananias, and Ananias said, here I am, Lord. Question to you, when God calls you, are you listening, and will you answer? Ananias is listening, and he answers, and he says, here I am, Lord. He doesn't know what, what's on the agenda here. He doesn't know what's coming. Acts 9, 11 says, so the Lord said to him, arise 
and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. Jesus calls you and I as disciples. Jesus calls his disciples many times. He calls us to go. He has a mission for us, a purpose for us, something to do. And he says to Ananias, go. You're going to help this person. Acts 9, 12. And in a vision, he, Saul, has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. God speaks to us in visions. We see this in the Bible. He gave a vision to Saul. Someone's coming to help you. He gave a vision to Ananias. Go and help. And the great thing, Saul is blind, and the great thing for us today is even if you're blind, you can still see a vision. Think about it. Even if you're blind, God can still break through through a vision. Acts 9.13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. He doesn't even use his name. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Many, many times we hesitate to act and even do what God calls us to do because we're concerned with what many people have said. This first wall for Ananias is fear and doubt. He's got to break through his fear and doubt. He's got to go visit probably the number one terrorist for the early Christian church in Saul of Tarsus. Go visit this guy. I've heard many people say things, and many times because of this fear of what people are saying, we hesitate to do what God calls us to do. Verse 14, and here in Damascus, he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. He heard what they did to Stephen. He's heard what Saul has done in people's houses. He's heard what Saul has said that he wants to do to the Christians. Ananias is facing this wall of fear and doubt to go see Saul. I love in the Bible when a verse begins with the word but, because we're shifting. Acts 9.15, but the Lord said to him again, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles kings and the children of Israel. Jesus is calling him to go and minister to Saul, who we know will become Paul, who will write 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Half the New Testament Saul's going to write when he becomes Paul. Ananias is that chosen vessel to go unleash Paul on the first century world with the gospel. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. 
I believe with all my heart in the Bible, in our lives, when Jesus calls us to go and do something, he has a reason. He has a purpose. He has a mission. And today I want us to think about how God is wanting to use us to help others who are facing a wall of fear and doubt. Verse 18. I'll back up for a second. Verse 16. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. He's going to show Paul that signing up for this is not going to be easy road. And we need to acknowledge that we will be persecuted when we follow Jesus. There's no getting around that. Verse 17. Ananias went his way. Ananias went his way and entered the house and laid his hands on him and said some amazing words here, some very powerful words, Brother Saul. All of a sudden, his relationship to Saul has shifted in his mind. This is no no longer the persecutor of the church. This is my brother Saul. Think about maybe the most, the person you dislike the most in the world. And think about going to them today and calling them brother or sister. This is the radicalness of Christianity that Jesus calls us to, is to treat people different than they deserve. He laid his hands on him. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias now has a new brother in Saul. And Paul is healed. It says in verse 19, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and he was baptized. They didn't hesitate. How cool is that? Ananias gets to baptize Saul. I mean, that's a great thing to put on your resume, isn't it? Ananias baptizes Saul of Tarsus right there on the spot. Why is Saul baptized? His relationship with Christ has changed. He's gone from the greatest enemy of Christ to the greatest ambassador for Christ. Brother Saul. Not only does does Saul physically see again, but his spiritual blindness is taken away. I don't know how many of you have healed somebody who's blind, have done that, healed somebody who's blind. When I was a little boy, my dad was a pastor and we would go on visits and I remember visiting a blind person when I was a child and I was scared to death. I wasn't prepared for that experience. And I have never seen a person physically healed from being blind. But I can tell you I've seen the spiritually blind healed. So God may not call you today to help someone be healed physically from their blindness, but there are plenty of people who are in spiritual blindness that need help. And you know what? Telling a person, hey, you're really blind, you're really spiritual blind, you're not living the way you should, let me tell you how, that's not the way to do it. We overwhelm people with the love of Jesus. And it must have been overwhelming to Saul 
that the people that he was persecuting were now helping him, were now healing him. So he can see. And I believe today with all my heart that Jesus still heals heals people today, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I like this verse, verse 19, and when he had received food, amen, he was strengthened. And then Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. Food and fellowship can be a way for people to heal. He spent some time with the disciples. I wish we had the audio recordings of Saul and the disciples in Damascus talking and what their discussion was and what their relationship was. Can you believe that they're fellowshipping together? So lesson one today regarding the wall of fear and failure. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to help and heal others who face physical and spiritual walls. Wall number two, the wall of danger. And this is where we came up, I came up with when, you let your, when friends let you down. This is the story where Saul's friends in Damascus let him down in the basket to escape. It says in Acts 9.20, immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Okay, Paul, Paul, Saul is fired up. He jumps right into the synagogues. He goes right in. He doesn't hold anything back. He confronts them with Christ in the synagogues that Jesus is the Messiah. You think that got some attention? You think that, I mean, they knew him in the synagogues. He was known for being against Jesus, and now all of a sudden, he's preaching Christ. And then all who heard were amazed. You know, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Jeff said, you know, when they came to the tomb, they were were astonished, and that was an understatement. This amazed is an understatement. All who heard Saul were amazed and said, isn't this the guy who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? And he has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? Here we go again. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Our mission is to bring the reality of Jesus to people. Every disciple can do that in their family, in their neighborhood, at work. Jesus calls each one of us to bring the reality of Jesus to those around us. Those who are blind in the world that don't know the peace of Christ, that aren't living in Christ, we have something great to share with them. We can't keep it to ourselves. We have to share it. Saul just goes crazy sharing the gospel everywhere he goes. He's out to prove something. It says, proving, at the end of verse 22, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Can we make Jesus the center? Can we make Christ the center? Can that be our message? Verse 23 says, now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. I don't know about you. I've, I don't know of anyone that's plotted to kill me. There may have been some. Uh, 
I don't know if you've ever had that experience to be threatened like that. Saul says, it says in verse 24, but their plot became known to Saul and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Not only did they plan to kill him, they were watching to kill him. They wanted to kill him. His life was on the line. I love this text, Acts 9.25. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. Put yourself in Paul's place. You're in this big basket. I'm hoping the guys with the ropes know what they're doing up there. We're going down the wall. I don't know what's at the bottom. They've been watching the gate. Are there guards walking around? I'm just, I'm just trusting these guys. They're letting me down. I'm trusting Jesus to take me out of here in that big basket. When your friends let you down, sometimes they're helping you out. His, those disciples risked their lives to help him escape. And there are people in the world who are facing danger spiritually and physically that need our help also. There are times when we as disciples of Jesus must risk our safety and lives to help someone escape danger and death. Now we talked about this in Bible study a few weeks ago. We have to be careful in the world, don't we? I saw on the internet that one of the schemes that people do now to rob people is they put a baby in a baby seat on the side of the road. Now most people's natural inclination is to stop and help and then when they stop and help they rob them. I'm learning in this world that the best thing that I can do is call 911 in a lot of situations. You have to be smart. You have to be safe. But there are times in our lives when we actually have to put ourselves at danger for the sake of the gospel and these disciples did that for Saul. So lesson two regarding the wall of danger as disciples of Jesus we are called to help others who are in danger. Okay, wall three is probably one we can relate to more and wall three is the wall of denied fellowship. Have you ever experienced that? The wall of denied fellowship. And I'm afraid, myself included, that sometimes at church we put up some walls as far as who's allowed to come and who's not allowed to come. But look what Saul faced here in verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried, he tried to join the disciples. But they were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Sometimes because of our fear, we just can't believe that this person in church should be here. They shouldn't be allowed to be here. We don't let those type of people be here. Or we judge, they shouldn't be here. Or they're living in a way. Paul, Saul, tried to come in. Nope can't come in but here's that word again in verse 27 but somebody intervened but Barnabas took him and brought him to the disciples the apostles and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus Barnabas breaks the ice 
Does Jesus want to use you and I to break the ice? I met somebody in the parking lot today. I won't say their name, but they were heading out. I said hi to them. They turned around and came back in. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I hope it's a good thing. One interaction with someone can break the ice. When was the last time that you invited somebody to your home? You got to be careful with that. When was the last time you invited somebody out to lunch? When was the last time you invited someone to church? God calls us to break the ice and people who feel denied fellowship are welcomed in. So it says in verse 29, very interesting, so he saw was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out. Barnabas helped break the ice of denied fellowship to Saul. Can you imagine if Saul had never been welcomed in to the fellowship of believers? If he had been excluded? What, what a loss to the church. So lesson three in regards to the wall of denied fellowship. As disciples of Jesus, we need to introduce and welcome people into the fellowship of believers who are not wanted and denied acceptance. And let's be very clear here. We're not talking about membership. Membership is a whole different animal. I believe that Jesus wants everyone to come to church. I believe he wants people to come to church to hear the good news about his son. And here's something really scary. I believe Jesus wants to come, people to come to church to meet you and to meet me. We need to break down that wall of denied fellowship and make this a place where people feel safe and welcome to come to. That includes non-believers. That includes people who were in the church that have left the church. That includes atheists and others who we may call questionable. I believe Jesus wants them to come because I believe Jesus can change their lives. So the three walls that God calls us to help people overcome are the wall of fear and doubt, the wall of danger, and the wall of denied fellowship. Jesus calls us to be a people who help others face the walls in your lives, in their lives. Jesus calls us to help people over, through, and around these walls of fear and danger and denied fellowship. Jesus calls us to actively help others. I remember when I was in college and a friend of I went to visit the, the vi village church in Berrien Springs, if any of you know the village church in Berrien Springs, and it was me and another friend, we were like two freshman theology guys and we were just visiting churches. And the lady was old to me because I was 18, so that could be anyone over 30. So I, at that time, at that time, I remember this older lady 
invited us over to lunch. And I was just shocked that a stranger would do that. And here, 35 years later, I'm still remembering that and talking about that act of generosity. Well, I believe God calls us to actively help others. I remember the people that sat with us in the waiting room at Kettering Hospital when my dad had three open heart surgeries in 78, 83, and 1999. I remember people, I remember the people that sat there. They didn't have to say anything. They just had to be there. So sometimes God can use you. You don't even have to speak or preach or give a Bible study. You just have to show up. You just need to go. So the question of the day is this. How will we respond as disciples of Jesus to this call to help others face their walls? May Jesus help us to be a person and a friend and a witness who is not afraid to help others face the walls in their lives. Father in heaven, as we go through this life and face the walls of fear and doubt and danger and denied fellowship, may we be instruments and ambassadors for you as Ananias was to Saul 
And may Jesus make a difference in this world. And may we be vessels to do that. In Jesus' name, 